Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 18. Deuteronomy chapter 18. We're continuing, of course, our study of angels and demons. This is a unique study. We're looking at details, at the spirit beings created by God, and they're found all throughout the Bible. We've been talking about it. They're, they're everywhere. What, what are they like? What do they do? Are they good? Are they bad? Well, we've seen in our study that there's some, bad, there's some good angels that serve God and man, and there's some bad angels that oppose God and man. And we began our study looking at the good angels, and we saw about four lessons dealing with all that and how they worked with, with Jesus and the Father and how they worked, worked, how they ministered to people. And then we, we looked for a long time, basically we turned to what we call the dark side and we look at Satan and the demons and we really emphasize Satan who is Lucifer, who is the head of the fallen angels and he's an angel that rebelled and in pride and, and we, he rules over the other angels and he is opposed to God and, and man. We looked at, at to the idea of how he deals with mankind. And if you see your little hand out there, it says, Lucifer, how does he deal with mankind? How does he deal with unbelievers? He don't, does not want them what? Not to what? To trust Christ. He does not want them to put their faith in Christ. He does not want them to trust Christ. That's the plan. It doesn't matter. In fact, he would rather have you religious. I'm going to tell you this. He loves religion. He invented religion. Satan wants to be worshipped. He invented religion. We're going to talk more about it tonight. The second thing for as a believer, he does not want them what? Not to what? To serve Christ. He didn't ever want us to ever serve Christ. He didn't want us to grow. He didn't want us to become like Christ. He didn't want that. So we saw in our last lesson how to deal with him. And the key word was what? What was the key word? Humility. We humble ourselves. We cannot deal with Satan on our own. We cannot live the Christian life on our own. We humble ourselves. We come under the authority of God. We put on the full armor of God so that we can stand. And we pray and we stand. Well, tonight we're looking at demons. And t this week and next week, we finish up our study looking at these fallen angels. They serve Satan. They are opposed to God and man. As we look at demons, we're going to look at three things. Say that you got your hand out. Three things. Number one, we're going to get background. We're going to get the background on the demons, which is not a surprise. We've been talking about this whole thing ever since we started really with Satan. The second thing we're going to look at is what I call three big areas, okay? Just write three big areas and then put a little dash out there. And we're going to look at, in these three big areas, we're going to look at religions. We're going to look at cults, like a cult, you know what a cult is. And then the last one, we're going to look at the occult. The occult and cults are not the same thing. We'll talk about, you've heard about the occult. We're going to talk about that. Number three, the last thing we'll see, and this is not all tonight, this is these last two lessons. Number three is we're going to see the destiny of angels. The destiny of angels, really both the, the, the good angels and the bad angels. What's the destiny? What's going to happen? Where are they going to be? All right, let's talk through this. We've got a lot of different things to think about when you think about demons. First thing is this. We, we always call, well, we, go to, we go to Gulf Shores, Alabama every summer, and we call that L.A., Lower Alabama. And so on the way to Lower Alabama this last summer, we always stop and eat, and there's always these familiar places. Well, last summer as we were going down, Sarah's in the car with us, and she said, Daddy, look, look at all, the, look at all those, and, and we started looking, and there were all these palm readers, and they were these psychics, and these, all these little houses that had, I think, palm reader, and had a big old palm up there, palm reader, then another one had tarot cards and psychics, and, and, and they were just all the way down the highway going into to Gulf Shores, and we saw a number of those. And what are these places? Uh, people tell the fortune. Palm reader says, I'll read your palm and I can tell you fortune and I can, or I can pull out cards. 
called tarot cards and then I can tell your fortune or I can tell your future and, and they t connect you with the spirit world. And let me just raise this question. Is it okay to play around with these things even if we say it's not real? The truth is, is what? It is real. It is real and you shouldn't play around with it. There is a connection to the spirit world. There is a connection to the spirit world. There are good angels and bad angels. And you can, connect to the, you can connect to the demonic forces. Let me just talk about it. So look at your Bible in Deuteronomy chapter uh, 19. What did I say? 19? Hold on. Wait a minute. He said 18, but you meant 19. It does? I don't know which one it is. Let me see. I think it's 18, isn't it? Yeah, it's 18. I don't know why we got 19. Okay, remember, this is the first time we've ever gone through this. So change that to Deuteronomy what? 18. Good job. Thank you all for recognizing that. Because I looked at it, and I'm, I'm, open, I'm reading Deuteronomy 18, but I have on my piece of paper here Deuteronomy 19. So what do I know, right? I remember reading a cartoon. There was a cartoon. This is way off the subject, but there was this cartoon I saw in one of those Christian magazines, and there was this pastor, and he was sitting at his desk, and another guy was on the other side, and they had attendance, and the attendance was going like this, just all the way down to almost zero and the guy looked at him and says, well, but maybe you shouldn't end your messages by saying, but what do I know? You know, so, you know, <laughs> so, so what do I know here? It's Deuteronomy 18. Look what it says, verse 9. He's, this is God telling his people as they entered the promised land. And who's in the promised land as they come in there? there there's the, the Canaanites. They're savage, false worshipers, pagans, as we'd say it. Uh, living in the land. And here's what he says. When you enter the land, verse 9, which the Lord your God gives you, you shall not learn to imitate the detestable things of those nations. What are these he talking about? Notice, there shall not be found among you anyone who makes a son or daughter pass through the fire. You know that there was a God called Molech that they would take their babies, their children, and throw them in the fire and burn them up as an offering to this false God. He says, don't do that. Then he says this, or one who uses divination. That's trying to tell the future. Or one who practices witchcraft. Are there witches? What are they called in the United States now? Anybody know? Wiccan. Wiccan, exactly. Or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer that spells. Or one who casts a spell or who is a medium. A medium is one that's going to go between the dead and the living and give you information about those who've already passed on. Or, or he goes on, uh, or a spiritist or one who calls up from the dead. For whoever does these things is detestable to the Lord. And because of these special things, the Lord your God will drive you out of the land. Drive, he's going to drive them out. The Lord your God will drive them out before you. And he said, don't you do the same things. God warned the Jews about connecting to the devil and the evil world. You know, you can connect. You got to be really, really careful. Because you, this, there's a spirit world, right? What did we say when we started this study? There are spirit beings in this room right now, both good and bad. We can't see them. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against powers, against world forces of darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. There is evilness in this fallen world system. And so God warned the Jews, and listen, people can open themselves to the what? To the spirit world. They can. They can. And you've got to be really careful. There, and, and so what has happened in the United States in the last 50 years? You can just leave it at the bottom of the page, and you can write a few things in if you want to. But just realize this. There's been a shift in the United States in at least the last 50 years. 
50 years ago, there was biblical principles that this nation was built on. And as a whole, 50 to 60 to even 70 years ago, those biblical principles were people held to. But what's happened is the United States, is all over the world, but the United States has moved from the Bible being the authority to things like Eastern mysticism, yoga. By the way, yoga is not an exercise. We'll talk about that next week. False religions, Hinduism, Buddhism, psychics, mystics, witchcraft. People are opening themselves up to the demonic spirit world. It's happening. It's happening all over this country, and it's happening, and it's everywhere. And so we got to be really, really careful. So as we, if you go to the top of the next page, as we get there, we're going to start with some background on the demons, okay? And, and we see that there are fallen angels in the world. We see them all over the Bible. Matthew 25, 41, you don't even have to turn there, but that's where it says the lake of fire is prepared for the devil and his what? Angels. So there are, are there angels? Are there demons? What are Demons. Fallen angels, they're called unclean spirits. They're demonic beings. That, and we already know that from the, the story of the Bible that, that Satan was an angel at the throne of God. He, when pride was lifted up, he rebelled against God. God removed him. And we'll see more in just a minute that uh, some angels followed him. So Matthew twelve twenty four, Satan is called the ruler of the what? Of, of, of the demons, the, the rulers of the, of the demons. That's who he is. Mark chapter 12, 22, if you just want to write that one down. Mark 12, 22, there's a man possessed by what? Demons. So are there demons? Yes, yes we already know that. We, let me tell you, we, I, I, read a, I read a study. I started to bring it in here tonight that a large portion of people in the United States do not believe. First of all, uh, only about 60% of the people in the United States uh, hold to the fact that Jesus was perfect and that he's God and he's the only way to salvation. That's the, over 50% of the people don't believe the Bible in the United States. We already found that. But there's a large percentage of people who say they don't believe in any spirit aspect like, de like the devil. There is no personal devil, and so there are no personal demons in that sense. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to talk more about that. Uh, Mark chapter 5, a person possessed by demons. So there are spirit beings. They fell with Satan. How many demons are there? That's a question. Revelation chapter 12. Let me read this to you. Now this is a veiled thing. This is the only place we find in the scripture that gives you any kind of indication of how many uh, demons there might be. But in Revelation chapter 12, it says, there's, verse 3 says, There was another sign appeared in heaven, and this great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads were seven diadems, and his tail swept away a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth, and the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth. What were the third of the stars that the tail swept away? <laughs> many believe it's what? What were the stars, possibly? The angels. And so many, many people that I don't know. I can't find anywhere else, anywhere in the scripture that gives any kind of indication of how many demons there are. We know there are millions of good angels. I mean, because when around the throne, and we, we've looked at it when we looked at the angels around the throne, there were what, myriads? Which means thousands and thousands and thousands. And it was far as they could see. So how many demons are there? Well, if there are a third of the good angels, if basically if a third of the angels left, there are a lot of demons. And so we don't know, but anyway, this is the, the one verse that people use and say, possibly there may have been a third of the, of the angels who followed Satan and became what we call demons. Now, 
Yes. Are people in this modern day and age still possessed by demons? Okay, we're going we're gonna to get to that. Uh, we're going to get to that, but that's a great question. Is there still demon possession? Well, uh, in just about two pages, we'll get to that, okay? Yeah, you, if you can wait. But we're going to, and, and the, we know it's in the Bible. Does it happen today? And let me ask you a question. In our culture, does, does Satan need to possess people to pull them astray? <laughs> not in our culture. And I think most times it doesn't look like the movie. Well, no, it's not exactly like the movie. But we'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what, what, it's, what it looks like in the Bible. Okay? So now, here's the question, and then it goes up as, I've got, as you go down the page. God has judged and will judge demons. You understand that? He's already judged them. Second Peter chapter 2. Just write that down. You can look at the verse at another time. In Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4, it says this. If God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into Tartarus and committed them to pits of darkness. We all know that at the at some time around the flood, something happened in Genesis chapter six, and if you go to Second Peter and the book of Jude as well, something happened with some angels around the time of the flood. Now we know it sounds ridiculous, it sounds weird, but but most people believe that some angels had sexual relations with human beings, and their offspring were, were Nephilim, were giants, so that kind of thing. And those angels, God has already, at one sense, judged them because he's placed them in a place in the heart of the earth, which is called Tartarus. The book of Second Peter talks about Jesus going down there and actually proclaiming a message to them. So some have already been judged in that sense. They will be judged later as well. And then in Matthew 8, 28 and 29, a demon says to Jesus, he says, What business do we have with each other, Son of God? Have you come to torment us before the time, the time that God judges. So I want you to understand that demons, some of them are already judged. We Remember when we studied uh, earlier that there were some that were locked in a hole in the ground, and then there's some in a place called Tartarus, and, and there, so there's, there's some that have already been judged, but one of these days they'll all be judged. And what will happen to them? We'll get to it next week, but what's going to happen to them? What's the bottom line for all demonic forces? The lake of fire. They'll be gone. They'll be, they'll be away from us. So what I want you to see is, is uh, how this works. And, and so three big areas that we want to talk about. Okay, now there is a, a mistake on your handout. It should say religions, cults, and the occult. Okay, religions, cults, and the occult. And so how do they, how do they influence? How do these demons do things? Let me ask you this question. When you think about the world and the whole spirit realm, there are only two, two aspects. There's either God or what? Or, 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 or Satan, exactly. I mean, there's no other gods. There's only one God. Satan's not a god. He's an angel. So when you think about the world and the spiritual aspect of the world, there's God and, and the Holy Spirit and Jesus and the good angels, and then there's Satan and the bad angels. And that's all there is. There's no in-between. And so when people aren't worshiping the true God, what are they actually doing? What are they doing? They're worshiping Satan. They're worshiping a false aspect. We talked about, about what, what Satan's plan was. He wanted to fool people. He wanted people to think that uh, works for salvation. He, he, you know, all of that. He wanted them to doubt God's love, doubt God's word. All of those different things that we've seen over all these weeks. So what we want to do is we want to look at three areas 
the, the religions, the cults, and the occult. We're going to actually get religions and cults tonight. We'll touch on the occult at the end, and next week, next week we're going to spend almost the whole lesson on the occult, what it is, how it is. It's very, very dangerous, and there are some people who are involved in the occult, and they don't even they don't know it, and they don't even think about it. So we're going to look at religion, cults, and the occult. But before we do that, let's talk about what Susie wanted to bring up. What, what about people? What, what, what do demons do with people? What do they want to do with people? I've got here that they desire to harm people. Now, I've got for unbelievers and believers. Okay, so here's what their desire to harm the unbeliever is this. They want to possess them. They want to possess them. We find it all throughout the Scripture. Okay, to possess them. Uh, and you can put, maybe even not possess, but also influence in a way somehow to affect an unbeliever. Okay, but possession we're going to find all throughout the scripture. The second thing is believers. What, what is their desire for believers? It is to influence believers. It is to influence believers away from the truth. And we're going to talk more about it in just a second. So if you get to the top of the next page, you see the unbeliever. I'll give everybody time to get to it, but uh, that's, the, that's the deal. For the believer to influence us, for the unbeliever to possess. So at the top of the next page it says the unbeliever put to possess, to affect, to harm. What do we see in the scripture? We see demon possession. Now let me, let me just raise this point. I don't understand all this. I don't understand how a spirit being can enter into a human being and live in this human being somehow. That's what possession is. Demon possession is a demon inside of a person. Okay, does he all agree with that? That's what it is. And I don't understand it exactly, right? Do you? I mean, there's, there's beings in this room right now. We can't see them. There's good ones. And there's bad ones. The bad ones don't want us talking about this. The good ones are cheering. Okay? So I don't understand the possession aspect, how exactly it works. But I want you to turn to Mark chapter 5, okay? Mark chapter 5, and let's see a story from the Bible, which is a famous one, which you all know. If I just give you more information, you already know the whole story, but we're going to see it. In Mark chapter 5, we're going to see what I call the demoniac, the, a, a person who is demon-possessed. Now, let me ask you a question, and you don't have to say anything. You can raise your hand. Have any of you ever known of a person that you believed or somebody else believed was demon-possessed. Anybody in here? Okay, all right. Okay, yeah. Okay, so we'll talk about that in just a minute. So let's look at this passage. Okay. Mark chapter 5, verse 1. They came to the other side of the sea in the country, in the country of Gessarines. Okay, so here's Jesus and his guys, and they've been on the boat. They've been across the Sea of Galilee, and they get to the other side. When he got out of the boat, immediately... A man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. Okay, now, you got, Mike, you got five, two. What do you put in that blank? Unclean spirit. Okay, let me ask you, what does it mean, unclean spirit? What is an unclean spirit? That's a demon. Okay, what's a clean? If, let's say this. A clean spirit would be what? One of the good angels, right? Unclean spirit is what? One of the, one of the bad angels or a demon. So it says that this man... A man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. What does that mean? Somehow there is some kind of being, it's the angelic being, a demon, inside this man, controlling him. 
Okay, we're going to talk more about what they do in just a second. Yeah, well, that's what we're, yeah, we're fixing to look. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's what we're going to see. So what was his life like? Mark chapter 5, 3 through 5. Look what it says. He had his dwelling among the tombs. Where is this guy living? In a graveyard, right? Okay. And no one was able to bind him, even with a chain. They would go grab him and chain him up. And what would he do? He'd break the chains. Look, it says, because he had often been, been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been torn apart by him, and the shackles broken into pieces, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. You could see people trying to go out and grab him because they think he's what? Some people say he's what? He's crazy. He's, he's a lunatic. But, but he's not a lunatic. He's demon-possessed, and he's, he's got almost supernatural power. Sometimes breaking chains. People can't subdue him, anything. And then look what his life is like. Constantly, night and day, he was screaming among the tombs and in the mountains and gashing himself with stones. Okay, now, this is not somebody you want to live with, right? This is not someone that you think is just kind of mixed up a little bit. There's something really wrong. Let me raise this question. What could have happened to this man? How, how did this happen to him? The Bible doesn't tell us. It just says there was a man with unclean spirit. We know that whenever people sometimes open themselves up to some kind of demonic forces, so who knows what this man had done in his past? No telling what kind of things he had done. We just don't know. But for some reason, all we've seen up to this point, he has. it says unclean spirit. We're going to find that there's more to it than that in just a minute. So that's why, what did God say to the nation of Israel when they were coming into the land? Stay away from every bit of that stuff. Listen, I know a person right now that has been going to, uh, I, I don't think it's a palm reader, but it's somebody that they go to that thinks is giving them information. And it's demonic. And we told the person, you, you, need to, you don't need to ever go back to that. You don't need to open yourself up to that stuff. But the person says, she's from God. <laughs> She's not from God. She's not from God. She's not from God. Okay, God doesn't tell you to stay away from my stuff. <laughs> he says, come to my stuff, stay away from the bad stuff. Okay, now, so watch what we see. Verse 6. Seeing Jesus from a distance, he ran up and bowed down before him. Who did? The man did. And watch what happens. And shouting with a loud voice, he said, What business do we have with each other, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God, do not torment me. Who's talking there? The demons inside of him. And, the, and we're going to find that there's more, just like you said. There's more. The demons are inside of him. And they say to Jesus, because they know who, do they know who he is? Let me ask you, do you think this man knew who Jesus was? Maybe not. I mean, this man's in the region called the Gadarenes. We don't know how many times Jesus has gone over that area. Maybe he had heard of Jesus, but right now this guy has not been with other people. He's been out in, the, in a graveyard. He's been cutting himself, breaking chains, screaming, uh, not eating, not, no telling what he's doing. And so all of a sudden this... Per Can you imagine, okay, if you lived in that area and you see Jesus come up and suddenly... From that grave thing is some the man coming running toward Jesus. Who is that man running toward Jesus? He's the crazy man. He's the man that nobody can stop. He's the you could even be saying, Jesus, you better get back in that boat. This guy's coming. He's crazy. He's not he's not crazy. He's what? He's demon possessed. And so he shouted with a loud voice, Son of God, Jesus, Son of God. He knows exactly who Jesus is. 
do not do not torment me. Okay, because there's going to come a time. What's Jesus going to do? What's he, what's he going to do with those demons? He's going to cast them in the lake of fire. Well, what's he going to do with demons? He's going to cast them in the lake of fire, right? He's going to torment them. One day they're going to be in a lake of fire forever because the lake of fire was created for the devil and his angels. The lake of fire was not created for human beings to be separated from God. That's not the plan. But what happens is when mankind fell and then mankind rejects God's plan of salvation and rejects the Savior and doesn't come by faith, sometimes people go to the lake of fire. But it was originally designed for Satan and his demons, his angels. So watch what happens. He shouted with his loud voice. And then for, God, for he, Jesus, had been saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he was asking him, Jesus says, what is your name? Now, let me ask you something. Does Jesus know who this is? He knows everything. You know, when Jesus went and saw Adam in the garden, he said, where are you, Adam? God, he, he could have said, I see you right there. I know, I know everything. So he, Jesus isn't really asking for information. He already knows. He wants this to be made known. So look what happens. What's your name? And he said to him, my name is Legion, for we are, it's not one demon inside this man. It's me. How many is in a legion? 72,000. No, 6,000. 6,000 soldiers make up a legion. So there's an estimate that how many spirit beings could be in this man? I mean, it, it may just mean there's a lot of them in there. It may mean there's 6,000. Who knows? But watch the next thing. Okay? And he began to implore him earnestly. The he there is going to be the legion. Okay? He began to implore him earnestly not to send him out of the country. The demons didn't want to leave that part of the country. Do you understand that? I don't, okay. And he began, okay. Now there was this large herd of swine feeding nearby on the mountain. Now this is a Jewish region. Were Jewish people supposed to be uh, dealing with swine? No, no, they're not supposed to have anything to do with swine. But there's, there's these Jewish people in this community, and they got all kind of pigs over there, right? And so he, it, this is brought up. Now, there was this large herd of swine. By the way, there's about 2,000 pigs, okay? It's large. And they were feeding there. And the demons implored him, send us into the pigs so that we may enter to them. Now, what that tells me is something. You know, we talked about this. Why do they need to go into something? Why do they need to go into something? We don't, I mean, do you know? I don't know. I mean, sometimes we see demons, like Satan sometimes has a manifestation because he came to Jesus in the in temptation in the, in the wilderness, you know. But, but every time, we talked about this at the very beginning of the study, that sometimes good angels make appearance and they have come in a form. And, and, but every time we're seeing demons... They seem to almost need something to possess, something to be a part of. And so they say, send us into the pigs. You know, Jesus probably goes, yeah, because they, be, they don't need to be growing these pigs anyway, right? So what happens? He sends them into the pigs, and they, it says, and coming out, and he gave them permission. Who's in charge? Jesus. Jesus. And, he get, and they're coming out, the unclean spirits entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea, about 2,000 of them, and they were drowned. What happened to all those people's pigs? They all drowned. Now, let me tell you, this, let me say, I, I can't, I, I didn't look up the verse, but I thought about it just a while ago. There is a place that says that when demons leave people, 
They are searching for waterless places. It says, I'll find it for next week and bring in and give you the verse. Waterless places. I don't know what that means. Demons don't like water? I don't know. What happens to the pigs when the demons get in them? They go right into the water. I think Jesus is going, I, I know you don't like water. You're going to go right into the water. I, d I don't understand it. All I know is that this man was demon-possessed. He looked crazy as could be. The demons are gone. And watch what happens. Look at verse 15. And they came to Jesus and observed the man who had been, what? Demon-possessed, sitting down, clothed, and what? In his right mind, the very man who had had the legion and they became frightened. You know why they're frightened? They don't know what to think about this. They haven't, been, they, they haven't seen this man in his right mind for years. And now he's sitting there clothed in his right mind. And they're scared. And you know what? Instead of saying, whatever you are, Jesus, wh whatever's going on, we want you here. What, they, what do they say? We want you to leave. They want him to leave. And if you, I don't know, in Mark, let me see. Yeah, and, and, and look, look, look what the demon-possessed man, as Jesus was getting the boat, verse 18, as Jesus was getting to the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed was saying, let me go with you, let me go with you. And Jesus said, no, don't go with me. You go back to your people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. So Jesus sent him back to his own people so that they could see what happened. Now, so here's a... A demon-possessed man. And not one demon, a bunch of demons. And as soon as they're gone, what happened to him? He's okay. He's okay. Demons. Huh? demons will all end up in the lake of fire. As the swine die. Well, the, the pigs died, yeah. The pigs so what happened? When the pigs all died, what happened to the demons? We, uh, we guess. Looking for waterless places. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think with Jesus there that they know that he controls everything. Yeah, so Jesus probably, uh, you know. Yeah, well, it, uh, until Jesus came, they didn't have any motivation to leave. You're right. Now, let me just give you two other things just because of time. In Acts 13, 6 through 11, there's a guy named Elamus, and he was a magician, and he was practicing magic stuff and demonic stuff, and he tried to stop Paul from proclaiming the gospel. So there are people who are influenced. There are people who are possessed by demons. And then also in Acts chapter 16, where I have 16 through 19, there was a slave girl who had a spirit of divination, which means she could tell the future. There was a demon inside her telling information and future things and all kind of mess. And <clears throat> Paul cast that demon out of her. So you, uh, my point was that demons harm people and they possess the best I can tell they possess unbelievers they we'll talk more in a minute that they can't possess believers but we'll talk more about it at the top of the next page it goes how can demons harm people let me just give you something just write out okay you, you ready okay Matthew nine thirty two, that it, it, the demon made the person not able to talk they were not able to talk and when Jesus cast the demon out the person could do what could talk Matthew twelve twenty two, blinded a person. Jesus cast the demon out; the person could see. Matthew seventeen fifteen through eighteen, a person had seizures, seizures, seizures. Who told me about seizures just a while ago? Who told me that? Yeah, you did, right. So, 
That's true. He, he had a, a relative who uh, was having seizures and seizures and seizures, and the grandmama or something, she thought must have been an angel come and basically said he won't ever have seizures again and never had another one. And he was having them constantly. How old was he? Oh, he was seven. Seven or eight and never had another one again. And, and so that's so possible, okay? Then in Matthew 5, uh, insanity. The person was completely insane. And, of course, Matthew 5 is the crazy man there. And then in Matthew 17, again, suicide. Some of the demons kept throwing this little boy into the water to drown himself. That's what they were trying to do. So let me just tell you, are demons nice? They're horrible. They hate people. They want to harm people. If they could could possess people, they will. And there is a whole bunch of demonic influence in our country. We don't even think about it. Let's talk about believers for just a second. Oh, oh by the way, by the way, I, I, I'm, I'm, gosh, I'm going to run out of time. I, I went to Israel with a man named Dr. Mark Cameron. He started Tennessee Temple University, which was a Christian college. He also started a, a ministry called Seaside Mission to the Jews in Florida. He was not Jewish, but he loved Jewish people, and he started a mission and led many Jewish people to Christ. I went to Israel with him. I asked him, because we got on this subject one night, and I said, Dr. Cameron, have you ever seen anybody demon-possessed? And he said, oh, yeah. And I said, will you tell me about it? And he did. He said that he had gone, um, I'm not sure where it was, I think it was in Florida, and there was a young girl in her teens. He said that she was blonde-headed, pretty little thing, but that she was off the deep end. And, I mean, her hair was a mess. She wouldn't come. I mean, she was just like crazy. And people said, is she demon? What's wrong with her? And Dr. Cameron went to see her. And he got in the room with her, and he said he could feel the evilness all around him. And he started talking to the girl. And first she wouldn't talk. And then a voice that was different than a girl's voice said, you know, something about leave us alone. And then he kept saying the girl's name and her voice. And he said, you need to trust in Jesus as your Savior. And she would say over and over, they won't let me. They won't let me. He said, see the light. The light is Jesus. Do you see the light? And she said, I see the light. He said, run to the light. Run to the light. That's Jesus, your Savior. Trust in. And she trusted in Jesus. And all of a sudden, he said it was like she just screamed a scream. And then all of a sudden, she, not that she was, because her, she was a mess, but he said you could tell she was totally different. Now, he said that. I, I don't know. I've never personally experienced anything like that. <laughs> Dr. Cameron said he had. And there are people all over say that they're, you know, exorcists, you know, that, that help people who are demon-possessed. I just don't know. I, I know that we see it in the Bible. I'm not so sure we see it as much in our culture today because Satan doesn't need to do that to affect a bunch of people. But anyway, it is there. And, and, well, it might, but how, what, what would it be? Politicians. What, politicians. <laughs> well, there's some pretty crazy things there. Okay, now for believers, number one. Huh? Well, there's some, there, let me just say this. There are some people who are beyond normal evil. Would you admit that? There are people who do evil things, eat people, kill people. There's some guy in jail, prison right now that is, he's been linked to how many murders? Seventy? Seventy in the United States. Uh, I think it's seventy. Maybe more than that. Uh, I mean, to kill seventy people, you, there's something wrong with you. 
I mean, you're not normal, and you're not just mean. You're not, you're evil beyond evil. Okay. So anyway, look at believers. We got to go through this fast now. We'll never get through believers. In Colossians one thirteen says he rescued us from the dominion of darkness. I want you to understand that I do not think believers can be possessed. Why? If you want to write out First John four four, it says, "Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world." We have the Holy Spirit living in us. We have God living in us. It's First John. Uh, four four, and, and I don't think the best I, I, I've read everything I can read. Some people think believers could be demon possessed. I don't think we can be demon possessed. I think that we can be influenced, but I don't think we can be demon possessed because of God. The the the, uh, the demons' goal to believers is to influence us, to influence us. And boy, I'm gonna tell you, it is easy to be influenced by demonic things. And the goal is to get the focus off Jesus Christ. The goal is to get the focus off Christ. In fact, everything you're seeing in our culture today, especially the occult and the cults and the religions, it's just to get the, the, the focus off Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you a story next week about a Ouija board and, and things like that. But there are things like Ouija boards and UFOs and science fiction and the supernatural and mysticism and occults. And all of these things, they're all ways that Satan and the demons use to get your focus as believers off the truth. So let's look at the three areas, okay? And we'll, we'll go pretty quickly because we've only got about 20 minutes. But three areas. The first is religions. Religions. What, what is a religion? Somebody tell me what religion is. Man trying to what? To please, to, to please, let's put it this way. Please God. Or somehow get to God. And how do you do that? By your what? By your works. False religion is works. All religion is works. All religion is man trying to do something to please God. We know true Christianity is God pleasing God. God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. So true Christianity is not a religion, and, and re there are religions everywhere. And we said all from the very beginning, what is the lie of the devil? Do good and God will love you. Do good. It always works. So I want you to understand that every religion that you could ever name in this whole world, I got books in my office in there that take every religion in the world and describe them and talk about them. I got a little book that's not, not as deep and it goes into just, you know, kind of touches on each of them. So if you're ever interested in saying, what do these religions believe? It all boils down to this. Every religion is people doing something to somehow please God. Or please something, okay? So let me give you this. What I decided to do was do the three religions that we think about. And that is Islam, Buddhism, and Hinduism, okay? Uh, I deal with people in India, and Hinduism is big there. We already know that what Islam is and what's all over the world there. And Buddhism, a lot of people don't even know what that is, but that's part all over the world. So let me give you something. I'm going to give you just brief information about these three religions. I just want you to see this. Let's do Islam. Islam is a, is a, is a religion of works. Listen to this. You want to please Allah. Pray seven times a day. Make a hajj, which means you've got to make a trip to Mecca, if you can, once in your life. You don't eat certain foods. There's a system of good deeds, a system of works. The goal ultimately is what? Some kind of paradise. If you're a man and you die in, in the, the jihad, you automatically get to go to paradise and have 72 women. Uh, it's just that the, the Islam is a system of works. 
Do you agree? I had a guy come to my Bible study back before I ever went to, to seminary. I had a Bible study, and a guy that was a Muslim, that was Islamic, came in, and he sat down, and he listened to the whole study, and he and I talked. And I said, what do you have to do to go to heaven? And he said, well, first of all, we don't think of heaven, heaven. We think maybe a paradise and women. That's what he said, because he was a guy. And I said, okay. I said, what do you think you have to do? And he said, well, I have to be good. I have to pray this. I have to do this. I have to do this. And he just named thing after thing after thing that he had to do. So Islam is a works uh, religion. Let's look at Buddhism. Buddha. Buddha's founder was a guy named Siddhartha Gautama. And he was five, you don't have to know that, 500 B.C. He says, the Buddha says, I point the way to enlightenment. Now listen to what, how you get to enlightenment. Here's what you do. You... Suffering comes from your desires because you desire something but you don't have it, so you suffer. So in Buddhism, you want to stop your desires. And so if you stop your desires, God is abstract. There's no literal God. There's a God is what God is called nirvana. And so if you do the right things, stop your desires, the ultimate goal is to enter nirvana, which means you you almost go into nothingness. And so, what is this religion? It's a religion of what? Of stopping any of your desires. Just trying to do things, that, like if you desire food, don't eat this. If you desire this, don't do this. And eventually you'll become into nirvana. Okay, how ridiculous is that? Okay, I got you one more, Hinduism. Hinduism, as you know, has the caste system. And there's the, the low people and the high people and the middle people. And, and once you're in a caste, when you're born into the world in a caste, you don't, you know, they, they've tried to change it. But in reality, if you're born in the lower caste, you don't change. You don't move up. There's the whole idea called karma. And not karma in our class, but the karma that says whatever you do comes back on you. If you do wrong, it comes back on you eventually. If you do something right, it comes back on you eventually. In the, the Brahma, in the, the idea of Hindu is to become one, to become one with the the universe and there is no forgiveness whatever you do in this life is going to come back on you in a next life because there's reincarnation and so it could be that you come back as a cow instead of a person the next time that's why they don't do what they don't take take care they, they don't try to touch animals because it could be aunt martha you never know <laughs> who it is and so the idea is oneness with the universe and so what you have to do is try to be as good as you can be so that in the next life you move up to the next cast or the next life you eventually will move into the universe and you'll become one with the universe. Those are false religions. The world is full of false religions. They all have the same idea and that is do good, do good works. Okay? Now, let's talk about the next thing and that's cults. Now, What's the difference between a false religion and a cult? Okay, what, what we got? Well, a cult actually goes back to Christianity, where a false religion could have Buddha and Islam and something, and they don't even mention, you know, that Jesus is not the way, and, and Hinduism, Jesus is not the way, and then Buddhism, I mean, he doesn't even have a part of that. They might say Jesus was a good man or something, but that's not a part. A cult actually takes the teachings of Christianity and changes them. In fact, I've got here, there's false teaching connected, false teaching connected with the Bible, Jesus, and salvation. That's what a cult is. Name a cult that you know. Mormons. Mormons any others? Uh, well, yeah. 
you have to be careful when you say that because we, we, we know if you try to take a definition of a cult, which means to take the basic things of Christianity and change it, there are a whole bunch of so-called Christian organizations that might fit under that level. You know? But I put for you just three, three that are famous that you hear about. The Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, and a guy, and many of you may not know, but uh, the older ones of us will remember Sun, some young moon, which was Reverend Sun Moon. That, uh, we'll talk more about him in just a second. But what a cult is, is it's like saying, yeah, we connect with Jesus, we connect with Christianity, but what they've done is they changed everything. So let me, and, and once again, what does it become? A system of works. In true Christianity, how are we saved? By faith in Christ for eternal life. He died for us, paid for sin, rose again, conquering death, gives us the gift of eternal life, which comes simply by faith. Jesus Christ is God. The Bible is God's word and perfect, and salvation is a gift. Is that true? Okay, let's think about Mormon. Mormonism. Mormonism uh, has all false, all cults, change every aspect. All cults have other writings besides the Bible. What do the Mormons have? Anybody know? Book of Mormon. They also have the Pearl of Great Price. They have a book called Doctrine and Covenants. Uh, uh, they change the Bible. They change Jesus. Right? What do, who, how was Jesus born in this world? The virgin birth, Holy Spirit, and Mary. Under Mormonism, no. It was Adam God. And the Virgin Mary. See, Adam became a god. The original Adam became a god because that's the goal in Mormonism is to become a god. Does that sound familiar? Who also wanted to become God? Satan. Satan. This is a religion straight from Satan. It's a cult. And so Adam became a god, had sex with Mary, and produced Jesus. And he was born in, and according to the writings of Mormons, he was born in Jerusalem. And Jesus had three wives, according to the teachings of the Mormons. Salvation in the Mormonism is faith and works. You believe, but you have to do good works. So that's Mormonism. They changed the Bible, they changed salvation, and they changed Jesus. Jehovah's Witnesses. They come, who comes to your door? The Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses. And Jehovah's Witnesses come, and what are they, what's their writing called? The Watchtower. They got the writings and they got their own Bible. Their Bible is different. Their Bible is different than your Bible. Did you know that? They've changed their the Bible. In fact, how does the how does John one, John one one go? In the beginning, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's what our Bible says. Jehovah's Witness Bible says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. Because more, Jehovah's Witnesses do not believe that Jesus Christ is God. He's a created being. He's not God. They're Jehovah's Witnesses, which means they go back to the Old Testament, and which means they live under the Mosaic Law. And how do you get to heaven? They say, try to do all of the good works that you can do. Jehovah's the true God. Jesus is a created being who lived a good life, and we must obey the laws. That's Jehovah's Witnesses. So if you ever meet the Jehovah's Witnesses, you just ask them, do you believe Jesus Christ is the eternal God? And they will say no. How did it get started? Who was the originator? Uh, let me think back. A guy by the name of 
Russell started. It's been a long time. I, I didn't go into When I just wrote this down, I put most of this from memory. I've got an entire study that we did years ago. You can go on the website. It's on the cults. I take about two weeks per each cult, like two weeks for the Mormons, two weeks for the Jehovah's Witnesses and all that. And I go back to, I think it's Chaz something Russell that started it, and, and uh, it's just been passed on down. The Mormonism started the same way, and it's been passed on down. Uh, let me just throw this. Quick, for the Mormons, um, Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith was a diviner. You know what a diviner is? Water? Uh, yeah, but it's, it's satanic. He would, what he would do is he would go to a place and he would carry that stick thing and then he would stand there and he would go, this is where we drill for water. Or this is, and what they found out he was doing is he would take like golden earrings, goes up, and he would hide them in the ground and then he would go to people and he would say, I can help you find treasure. And he would go like that and they would dig down and they would find it and he'd go, see? And he was a charlatan and one day, he, here's what he told people, he went out into the woods and an angel named Moroni came down and said, all the religions and all the beliefs in the world up to this time have been wrong. I'm choosing you to give the right message. Now that means Paul, Peter, James, John, everybody, they're all wrong. And so an angel Moroni gave him big glasses and he found a plate that had hieroglyphics on it and the glasses helped him to interpret it, and so he wrote the Book of Mormon, which strangely is many places word for word in the King James Bible. We don't know where he got that, but anyway, so he's got the Book of Mormon, which told about these people, the Jewish people that disappeared in the northern captivity and showed up in America, and Jesus went over there and told them they were the real saved ones and everybody else was lost. And so Joseph Smith wrote the Book of Mormon and the Pearl of Great Price and the Doctrine of Covenants, and he and Brigham Young. And when Joseph Smith came to Missouri, uh, he set fire to a uh, newspaper, wrote some bad things about him, so he set fire to the newspaper. So they got thrown, he got thrown in jail, and then they mobbed the jail and killed him. And so Brigham Young then left and took a group of people called Mormons because they said, you can have as many wives as you you want because the goal is this. You're a man. You have sex with as many women as possible. You produce as many offspring as possible because all these offspring eventually will become gods and have their own world. And that's what you want to be. And so they went all the way out to Salt Lake because nobody else lived at Salt Lake because why do you want to be at a lake that's full of salt, right? And that's where they set up and that's why they're out where they are now. And um, so that's that th they changed everything. Jehovah's Witnesses changed everything. Sung Moon, I just want you to know who this guy is. It was called the Unification Church. And uh, he said that there were, the first Adam was Adam, and Adam failed. The second Adam was Jesus, and he failed because he got killed. And so Reverend Sun Moon is the third Adam, who is the Savior of the world. He believes that he's the third Christ, and that he's supposed to, and he had a thing called unification, and that everybody, if they did good works, they would be unified, and they would be saved, and he was the Savior. And now he died. He died about eight, uh, eight to ten, fifteen years ago. I can't remember the exact date. So they used to be called the Moonies. Anybody heard of the Moonies? That's who they are. Say that's him. I just wanted to give you those three, just to show you that what what are the cults? They're all what? They all works for salvation. I, I remember. Look, Mormons have come to see me many times. They only come usually once. 
And I don't mean in a bad way, because I'll tell them right off. I'll say, listen, I, thank you. You can stand right here on my porch. I'm not bringing you in my house, but I want you to understand on the front end that you're a cult. You have the wrong information. If you would like for me to tell you the truth from the Bible, I'll be glad to. You don't need to tell me what you believe. I know exactly what you believe. So you don't have to waste your time trying to change my mind. You're not going to change my mind. But if you would like for me to, I would be glad to tell you what the Bible has to say about Jesus Christ, salvation, and the Bible. Sometimes they'll stand there and talk with me. And I remember one of them telling me, oh, I know I'm right. I said, why do you know you're right? He says, because I have the burning of the breast. What they say, if they think they're right, they have a warm feeling in their heart. And I said, you could have just eaten the wrong stuff. Because <laughs> I said, it doesn't matter what you feel. What matters is what the scripture says. And uh, so, anyway, you're going to have to deal with them somewhere down the others. They may come to your door. Uh, I remember... I remember uh, I had a Jehovah's Witness come to the door and he wanted to tell me that Jesus was a God and not the true God. I said, do you know Greek? He went, um, yes. I said, okay, good. I got my Greek Bible right here. Let's look at it together. And I could tell he was in trouble. And so I opened it up and I said, let's read this. And he couldn't read it. I said, it says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God. And it literally says, God was the Word. I said, it doesn't say a God. I said, your Bible has changed the truth. And so sometimes, you know, sometimes that happens. Anyways, that's the cults, right? So you got false religions, which are all what? Works. And you got cults, which are all what? Works. And then the third thing is the occult. Now, we're, we're going to get into it next week. I know time is up, so I want to do this real quickly. Let me give you some things. You don't have to write this down. Just listen. Let me give you some things that are the occult. You ready? Mediums. Transcendental Meditation, Ouija Boards, Dungeons and Dragons, Palm Readers, Fortune Tellers, UFOs, Channeling, Divination, Tarot Cards, Seances, Crystal Balls, Yoga. We'll talk about it next week. All of these things can open up to the spirit world and it's almost always the bad spirit world, okay? So let me tell you, if somebody says, oh, play with a Ouija board, oh, play Dungeons and Dragons, let's go to a palm reader, Let, let's, let's channel, let's get some of those tarot cards and see what our future holds, let's go look into a crystal ball, let's go do that, let me tell you what, you are playing with fire because, listen, you're a believer, but what do they want to do to you? They want to influence you. If, you, if there's an unbeliever, what do they want to do? They want to possess you if they can. So beware of anything dealing with the spirit world that opens it up to that evil world thing. So next time, we'll get uh, the occult. So let me give you applications on the back, and then we'll go over the quiz real quickly. But uh, under, uh, number one, understand the goal and plan of the demons. Okay, Number one, understand the goal and plan of the demons. And, and under that, put A, to possess unbelievers, and B, to influence believers. Number two, Understand the three big areas of the demonic spirit world. You know what they are? Religions, cults, and the occult. You got that? Religions, the cults, or, or cults, and the occult. Number three, stand strong in God's power and do not open yourself up to demonic influence. I'm going to tell you a story before I was a Christian that my twin sister and I got a Ouija board. And we're 
I'm 17 years old. And we'd play with the Ouija board. And I'll tell you next week, if you will remind me, I'll tell you what happened. And I went to Borger, Texas as a youth pastor while I was at Dallas Seminary. And there were four guys that had grown up together. They were all in the seventh grade. I became their youth pastor. When I got to Borger, these four guys had been best friends from the first grade on. And when I got there, they hated each other. All four of them hated each other. You know what they were doing? They had been playing for weeks Dungeons and Dragons. I'll tell you what happened there. So be careful. Do not open yourself up to this mess.